0: You're listening to episode 111.
1: I didn't know that
0: of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M,
1: and I'm Christina M.
0: So, what did you not know, Christina?
1: <laughs> well, today we're going to be interviewing Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith about what your doctor wished you knew about rest. Mm-hmm. So, as I was reading, um, she has lots of resources on her blog, and she's written numerous amount of books. So, we'll link all those into inbetween.org slash episode 111 but she's actually going to be talking to us about the seven different kinds of rest did you know there were seven different kinds
0: uh so is one of them binge watching netflix and eating ice cream
1: <laughs> <laughs> that did not make the list no, it unfortunately didn't. yeah
0: so even though it seems like that would be a method of rest it or was, just
1: sleeping right yeah that's sleeping true all day
0: Yeah, it was fascinating to hear all the different ways uh, of of how our bodies rest from a doctor. So it's a fascinating interview that we know you're going to enjoy.
1: So a little more about Dr. Sandra. She is a board-certified internal medicine physician. She's also a speaker and author. She is an international wellness expert, and she's been featured in numerous media outlets, including Psychology Today and as a guest on The Dr. Oz Show.
0: She's the author of numerous books, including her new book, Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, and Restore Your Sanity.
1: So we know this episode is going to be so helpful, and especially as we are moving on to the start of school and the wrap-up of the summer, depending where you live and are listening if you are waking up and still feeling depleted it may not just be because you're not getting a good night's rest it could be one of these seven factors so let's get started Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Sandra, as we talk about what your doctor wished you knew about rest. (laughs) I think there's so much that we can learn from you and we look forward just to being able to talk with you and learn more about um, just all different types of rest, and as we were even before we were talking uh, on the podcast before we hit record, that um, there's so much going on mm-hmm. in our lives uh, around us with the pandemic and so on and so forth. That sometimes I think that rest, even though it seems like a simple process, we sort of throw it out the window because there is so much going on in our lives. So I'm just wondering, in your opinion, and with your clients and other people that you've talked to, why does it seem like so many people struggle with fatigue and insomnia and rest as well.
2: Yeah. So I think the, the main issue for many people is that when they think about rest, they are thinking about it as this simps, very simplistic way that is just either the cessation of activity or it's just lounging around. You know, I hear a lot of people say that they're resting when they are lying on the couch watching, you know, four hours of Netflix. And the problem with that is when you're identifying rest just with kind of lounging or stopping all activity, you're not really being intentional at making sure that you're doing restorative activities. And that's really what rest is about. It's about restoring those parts of us that get depleted, the parts of us that are getting fatigued. And I think that's the disconnect for so many people. They're, they're getting a type of rest sometimes. But they're not getting the type of rest they need because they're not being very intentional about restoring their areas of of deficit and where they're being depleted.
0: See, that's, that's fascinating because I think there's that notion where rust is seizing, the seizing of activity, mm-hmm. um, of, of maybe some activity, the activity you get paid from or paid for. Uh, and then you're really talking about that restorative side of things. So we'd love for you to uh, maybe elaborate a little bit more on what, what what's the difference and what are some of those restorative activities.
2: Yeah, well, I think for many people, when, they, you know, when they're thinking about rest, they're, they're thinking that, okay, well, I go to sleep at nighttime, so, mm-hmm. yeah. so I rest it. I think we even say that sometimes, you know, I, I'm going to go take a rest, and we're, meaning we're going to take a nap or we're going to go to sleep. And that is our restorative activity, but that's one type of restorative activity that's focusing mainly on the physical type. And so for many of us, that's not necessarily what's getting depleted. So I'll just use myself as an example you know as a physician I'm talking with people all day so I'm having to kind of um, empathize with emotions and situations and deal with social relationships so I'm not physically very active you know I'm going from my one room to another room within my office mm. but I'm pouring out a lot in the emotional and social space. And so at the end of the day, I can be completely drained, but it's not a physical draining. It's an emotional and social draining. And so for for me, how I feel back up in those areas is to be around people who are not needing me to, to kind of take in their emotional and social issues and that are there for me just to be myself. They're not requiring anything of me. They're not asking me to perform. Mm -hmm. They're not asking me to diagnose them. They're just people who love me and want to spend time with me, not because they need something from me, just because we enjoy being in each other's presence. And that's a form of rest. And I think for a lot of people, that's a mindset shift because they've never thought about being around people that are life giving as a type of rest or having the ability to share yourself with others. Um, authentically and being able to express what's going on in your day as a type of rest. And for a lot of people, that's the type of rest they're needing. It's that emotional and social rest that many of us do not get.
1: Wow, I feel like that's like mind blowing, and I'm sure everyone's like, "I wish you could be my doctor, <laughs> right?" <laughs> of like, so do you when you like are seeing patients and whatnot, and your um, they're saying maybe different symptoms and so on and so forth. Are you at
2: purposely asking them about what kind of rest they're getting? Yeah, so a part of my intake with patients, we I start off with a lot of. Kind of general questions about kind of how are they enjoying their life, what right. what's going on with them, how are they feeling, just to kind of let them tell me without um, directing the conversation whatsoever. And I, I basically listen. I think that's a huge part mm-hmm. of um, practicing medicine is really just being able to listen so that people talk. Right. Um, I think a lot of times we listen so that we can talk, so we can jump in with our uh, diagnosis and answer. But I listen so in a way that it kind of makes them go on, kind of share more. And it's amazing the information you can um, decipher from someone, particularly about their health in the areas where they may become deficient or have um, kind of open doors for things to go wrong mm-hmm. in their health, just by letting them just share, you know, what's going on? what's What are the areas where you feel most drained in your day? you know, when are the times that you are you most tired? What are the things that make you feel energized? Mm-hmm. And so as you talk with people, and they start thinking about these things, a lot of people do restorative activities. But because those restorative activities, they, they've they never associated it with their well being, right. or with their health or their productivity, they see them as just bonus things, you know, mm-hmm. I'll get to it one time. And then once they get that understanding that, you know, this isn't like just like the cherry on top. This is like the whole entree. (laughs) This is the thing I need to be really paying attention to because it's what helps me be able to do everything else. Hmm. That's so
1: interesting. I love how you were making that distinction between like, this is not just the cherry on top or the bonus things that we are doing. These are things that we actually need to be continuing to give to ourselves. Uh, For our podcast audience who might be thinking like, yeah, you know, Dr. Sandra, this sounds great, but I think I'm going to be okay. I can't afford to not be able to burn the candles on both ends. Is there anything I'm sure you've talked to people who are like, "I just can't do this um What would be your
2: advice to them? Well, usually, when someone tells me that it's because they are thinking that I'm going to tell them to either quit their job or find time to take a vacation mm. or to take a thirty day sabbatical. I mm, <laughs> um, yeah. think I'm going to give them this prescription for rest that is just so impossible that they can't possibly do it, and really, what i what I work with people with and, and and try to show them within the book Sacred Rest is how to actually get rest in the middle of your busy day i'm I'm just as busy as I've always been and I'm more well rested than I've ever been and it's because rest can become a lifestyle where you are kind of daily doing restorative activities and not doing them at big chunks of time where you take two hours a day to do like a a massage or something, but you're doing small things throughout your day during the downtime that you don't really even do anything with. When you're just kind of vegging out and you're not doing anything purposeful, Mm. that there's very small things that can be done that can have a huge impact on how you feel.
0: That's wonderful because I think most people probably just immediately went to wait. You mean looking up on Instagram and Facebook during those moments <laughs> is not is not restorative. So so you, uh, you mentioned your book uh, Sacred Rest, and in your book you describe seven different types of rest. Uh, we'd love for you for our podcast family just to to walk through the seven and briefly define each type of rest for us.
2: Yes, well, I'll start off by naming them. That might be helpful, just so I know. But when myself, someone says seven, I'm like, "Tell me all seven. Yeah, <laughs> so, I want yeah. them all at once. <laughs> Sounds good. And then we can kind of dive into each and in a little bit. Um, the the three that most people are are usually familiar with are the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And then the remaining four that are lesser known, but that came out in the research that I was doing, are the emotional, social, sensory, and creative. Mm. And for most people, I think um, the physical part, we feel like we have somewhat of a grasp on because we are very familiar with sleep. We've had a, a large number of experts kind of teaching us about sleep and what, and what high quality, good, um, deep, restorative sleep looks like. So sleep is a type of passive physical rest, sleeping and napping. And then you have active physical rest, which include things like yoga, um, stretching, leisure walks. All of those are the the active parts of physical rest. And then we have the mental. And the mental rest really is looking at getting your cerebral space to go back to kind of a quiet place. And that's hard for some of us. Our mind's constantly jumping from one thing to another. Mm -hmm. We have a very hard time kind of getting our brain space to go to a quiet zone. And I think it's really important for people to be able to identify that. And I think most people can when they are trying to go to bed. So you lay down at night to go to sleep Mm -hmm. and you think of everything except for sleep. You're you're going through your to-do list for the next day. Mm -hmm. You're looking at conversations you had earlier that day. And that's what mental unrest looks like. To get back to mental rest is allowing your brain to be able to focus and kind of concentrate on single thoughts or simple processes. And so, kind of a simple way of doing that, if you're someone who, when you try to go to sleep, your head's in all, all you know, going, going in multiple directions,
0: mm-hmm, consider <laughs> doing
2: what we call brain jumping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like all over the place. Yeah. Consider doing brain jumping. It's uh, very simple. You basically just have a notepad or a piece of paper or journal. And you jot down whatever those thoughts are that are jumping around in your head. The benefit of that is, is that if you don't jot it down, your brain will try Mm -hmm. to hold on to that information, even at the expense of you sleeping. But when you write it down, it's like giving the brain permission to now let it go. It's in a safe place. It's no longer responsible for retaining that information. Mm -hmm. So it'll release it so that you can then go into deeper levels of sleep and get that mental rest. Gotcha.
1: So what if I mean, this is a personal example, because it's happened a few times where it's like three o'clock in the morning. And I i don't know, maybe like a car goes by. So I wake up and then my mind starts spinning. Is that a good time to like be brain dumping? Should I like be taking out my phone and kind of like putting it in my notes? Or is that like a no, take a deep breath, take a sip of water and turn around and go back to bed? Well, if you can go
2: back to bed, that's great. If you're right? able to get kind of yeah. down like that and go back to bed, I definitely don't want anybody getting out of bed to brain death. <laughs> but, but I find that some people can't. Mm-hmm. It's like when they, when something disturbs their sleep and they wake up like uh, it, um, at a time that they're not wanting to be up, right. three or four in the morning, that when they start having those kind of mental tangles, your brain kind of takes you down the rabbit holes, that either doing a a completely different type of mental rest is one I do a lot with people who have anxiety type issues. Sometimes it's getting the brain to focus on one single thought that is calming. Okay. And so for some people that might be looking at a characteristic of God. And so, you know, rather than trying to memorize a Bible verse, they'll, they'll, I just have them Think about what is a characteristic of God that's comforting to you, that makes you feel safe and secure. Mm. It may be the word love, it may be peace, but you focus, your, every time your thoughts try to slip off into whatever thing that it's trying to get you to think about, you bring it back to that single word. And what it does is it trains your brain to kind of, it's like your the brain really is almost like an unruly child.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like,
2: here and it's like nope, I'm gonna run over here somewhere, <laughs> and you've got to train it to be able to come back and and obey to some degree, to be able to be quiet when you want it to be quiet, and to then to rev up when you want it to rev up.
0: That's wonderful. So that's that's a great definition, and and I know uh, very helpful tips in and around mental. Uh, what what is um what does spiritual rest look like?
2: Spiritual rest is really about looking at the difference between religion and relationship. Um, I know a lot of people have a lot of spiritual disciplines that they do, but with with spiritual rest is really looking at the relationship component of spirituality, intimacy, um, thinking about the, the concept of really who is God to you mm. and how does that relate to your relationships with others? And so it gets tricky sometimes when I'm, um, because I, give this talk to people who are, who are of various space, um, mm-hmm. sometimes who have no belief in God whatsoever. And I had a conversation re- recently with a friend who's an atheist that does, does not believe in God, and, but who does believe in spiritual rest. Because when we were discussing this concept, one of the things that, that, I think really grasped him was that when I look at spiritual rest and about the relationship component of it it's seeing yourself as part of something bigger hmm. and the the reality of that is to be able to be someone who is helping humanity who are, who's helping other people you know feel included, accepted, loved most people want that right. whether they believe in God or not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So what we what we did was find a common ground where we were able to connect and kind of see ourselves as part of a bigger picture, even if he doesn't necessarily believe the same faith systems that I believe.
1: Hmm, yeah, I'm hearing you and you say that for sure. So um, I guess... To me, Dr. Sandra, that sounds more like, I guess when you're talking about being, you know, greater part of humanity and all of that, it sounds to me kind of (laughs) tiring instead of like you're serving, you're helping others, you know, you're doing something that's bigger than yourself. It doesn't really sound like rest to me. Am I not getting the whole picture? Can you explain further what it means?
0: The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends, and will learn all about biblical life lessons, such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books, available wherever books are sold.
2: Well, that's the thing. It, it may not be rest for you, because depending on your faith system, you may get rest just by being in God's presence. Mm-hmm. However, gotcha. for okay. those who can't connect with that, they feel... Feel restored in their ability to connect to this kind of bigger picture by doing things where they are they're they're helpful, and I think that's the interesting thing, you know, re- about rest. Mm-hmm. Because I sometimes will have wives, you know, send me an email and say, "I need you to talk to my husband. He's not resting. He's out there chopping wood, and he says he's wet- resting." <laughs> and I'm like, "Does he come? Is- when he comes in, is he happier?" They're like, "Oh yeah, he says it makes him feel just you know great." But if you think about that, you know, physically it's not resting. Right. But if he's someone who's a CEO sitting at a desk all day, he's not needing a lot of physical rest. He's getting rest all day long kind of sitting, doing a lot of mm-hmm. physical activity. But mentally he stays engaged all day. And chopping wood is a is a very focused, mindless type activity. You mm-hmm. can let your mind go to a very still place. Because you're doing something that's almost robotic.
0: Yeah, that's that's super helpful. So, uh, Dr. Sandra, as a Christian, what is what does this look like? Um, what does this look like for you? Spiritual rest
2: for me as a Christian, it looks like time with God. Mm. It looks like not going to God with my agenda and with my prayer list mm-hmm. and with my list of demands, or even going to God with my Bible in hand, trying to you know. Pull out a new revelation. It's simply time in His presence. I call it my time um, walking with God in the cool of the day, mm, when it's just about intimacy and about relationship.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's that gives me a really good picture in distinguish you know distinguishing it from the mental side and the physical side. So, what does emotional rest look like?
2: Emotional rest is the rest we receive when we allow ourselves to just be very real and open and authentic about who we are and where we're at within our lives. Mm. I think um, many people deal with people pleasing type tendencies and with um, this mindset of, you know, you all, you want everybody to like you. So you kind of keep parts of yourself masked or hidden from the world so that they only see the parts of you that the world deems acceptable mm. or um, positive. Right. The problem with that is if there's no one in your life, whether it's a friend or a counselor or a doctor, no one, if there's no one in your life where you feel you can be completely open with, then at the root of that, you start thinking there is something fundamentally wrong with me, wow. that I can't be accepted in love as I am, mm-hmm. that I have to kind of clean myself up to be consumed by others. And that gets to be very toxic and it gets to be a very lonely place because you're constantly in this this mindset that I just can't be the real me. Hmm.
1: Right. That would be really difficult for sure if you're just looking around and feeling like you just don't have anybody that you can really place down your guard with. Now, I'm wondering, I know I've heard the opposite thing of people feeling like they can only be honest with everybody (laughs) where it's like, oh, I have to be, you know, telling my story, especially on social media. I have to share all the parts of me or else I'm not being genuine. Um, Is there a danger
2: to that? What are your thoughts about that? Well, I, I kind of look at it like this. Um, when I look at the life of Jesus, you know, he 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 dealt with the masses or large numbers of people, you know, came to hear him. So there, he was working with large numbers of people. Then we see epi- uh, times when he's just with the 12. Mm-hmm. And then we see these times where he's pulled apart with just a few people, with just like three. Um, for example, on the Mount of Transfiguration, where, you know, these three were the ones who got to hear who he was in his fullness before everybody else got to hear that. Hmm. And I think all of us need those segmentations in our life. Everybody doesn't need to know everything. You you, you have the masses that you may be interacting with, but the masses shouldn't know you as well as the three. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that's really, really key for sure of that. So what about, I guess I'm just thinking of pandemic and everyone being together in the same household. For those who are working from home and parenting from home full time and have kids who just really are not independent because of their age, what kind of encouragement can you say to those who are looking for emotional rest but are just, they just look around and there is no rest whatsoever?
2: Yeah, well, that ties in a little bit with the social rest component of it. Emotional rest and social rest are very tightly wound with each other because they both deal with people. And so, for with social rest is the rest we get when we allow ourselves to be around life giving, positive people, versus when we are around people who are negatively kind of pulling on our energy and our resources. So, Mm -hmm. your family, your spouse, your job your clients. These are all people who need something from you. So it's not that they're negative people or that they are, you know, um, people who are pessimistic or anything like that. It's just how do they pull on your relationship? And so everyone needs to have some people in their life that don't always need something from you that you just enjoy being around them. That they are positive influences that they are pouring back into you, and so yes, we may be kind of trapped, so to speak, within our homes with all the the situation with the pandemic. But so one of the studies that I thought was really interesting with regards to social rest is that when when it um, looked at it, it had a lot to do with the power of of presence, mm-hmm. how seeing someone's facial expressions and their mannerisms and their body movements when you talk with them actually changed the energy of kind of how we felt about that, relate that conversation. Hmm. And so I think it's important for people when at all possible to take advantage of that, even if it's something like Zoom or Skype or WhatsApp app, that you can do those same things with your family and friends. So I, I love it when busy moms, a lot of mom groups that I've talked to, what they do are they call it um, their virtual um, coffee dates. They pick a date, um, let's say Thursday at 10 Mm o'clock, and they get seven or eight of their mom friends that are at the, around the same, you know, kids around the same age, very similar situations. And they say, here's the Zoom link. It's going to be a recurrent Zoom link every Thursday at 10. If you're available, you can hop on and we'll just take 15 minutes just to encourage each other, just to, you know, we're not going to have a gripe fest about our life. We're going (laughs) to just, we're going to share. And we can be real and raw without just kind of trying to pull everybody down Mm -hmm. and just have some time there to be able to to see that you're not the only one with a load of clothes behind you and two kids jumping off of it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's stuff going on in all of our lives and we're in this together. And I, I love that because it takes the burden off of any one person. And so out of that eight, maybe one day four show up, the next week, maybe three show up, the next week, maybe eight shows up. But you have this opportunity to know this is a time that I can get some of that emotional and social rest that I need.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that idea, Dr. Sandra, because I know when my kids were younger and I was home full time, that that would literally be a lifeline for me, knowing in the back of my head that at 10 o'clock, let's say on Tuesday mornings, I could, you know, go on there and just realize I'm not the only one who is living a chaotic, loud home right now. And just to think like, oh, I'm feeling down. Maybe, you know, I could join and just see who's on there or it could just have something really exciting to share like yay body training they did it and be able to share with my friends on there I would see that that would really really be yeah like you're saying social rest that would really bring life and um, peace to my heart so I think that's a great idea.
2: Yeah. And I love that, you know, these mom groups that have been doing this, this was long before any pandemic ever hit. The the reality was they couldn't get sitters, you know, (laughs) every week to, to sit with their kids while they wanted to have a little bit of time with each other. So this became a way of taking the excuses out.
0: Love that. That's such a, I, I love how you tied that in and, and gave us a good distinguishing um, note about the emotional and the social side of it. So uh, we have two more to go, uh, the sensory and the creative rest. And and obviously, we're going to have a link to your book in the show notes. And we do encourage our entire podcast family to pick up a copy of your book uh, to dig a little bit deeper in each of these. But we love a quick overview on the sensory and the creative side. Yep.
2: Well, sensory is just like it sounds. It's basically downgrading some of the the excessive sensory overload that most of us are experiencing with our phones and our computers, the TV, the radio, Mm. all of these things that kind of keep us constantly engaged with our senses and to kind of get back to an appreciation of spending some time with silence being mindful of mm-hmm. do i have my you know are my phone notifications on all the time for everything i think one of the interesting things that came out of the the study for the, for so sensory rest was related to the amount of people who actually have a negative cortisol response because of the amount of notifications that they have on their phone oh, you know wow. you know, if you think about it I, I mean i'll use myself as an example as a physician you know, I, I'm, I'm old. So we used to have pagers back in the day where, you know, the pager would go off. I jump because I knew something bad was happening and they're calling me to go deal with something bad. Well, now mm. everybody's doing that with their phones, their mm. phone buzzes. And all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, what's happening. And so it could be someone telling you they had a vanilla latte is the reason your your <laughs> you know you <notifications laughs> is going right. off. Your response is that of a very real kind of fight or flight cortisol release because immediately you feel like you have to see what it is, mm-hmm. and that's toxic. That is a toxic sensory input that many people are doing all day, every day wow. because their notifications are set for everything. We really have to think about that and try to limit how many notifications that we're getting. Text message, okay. Maybe your kids need you to come pick them up or something, but you really don't need all your notifications on for every email that comes through. Right. Not necessary. Every social media post that comes through. None of those things are are such that they can't wait for you to carve out a block of time to deal with them when you feel like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I've had to um yeah, definitely turn off a lot of them and I actually just completely turned off the news one. Because it was just ridiculous. I was yeah. like, why am I getting all of these beats and buzzes and all and it that would stuff? stress me? And it out was too. very stressful. So yeah. I have an app where on my time I'll look at the news and stay up to date. but yeah it's there, there's definitely um, yeah, I could definitely see the negative side of it all.
2: Yeah. And then the last one is creative rest. I think it's probably my favorite because I had experienced it for many years without knowing what it was I was experiencing. And I know many people have have told me they had similar situations, but if you're someone who If you're if you've ever been to like the beach or the mountains or around a body of water or um, looking at flowers or something and you just feel more peaceful, more at rest and you just feel better. But you can't quantify what that is. You've experienced creative rest. It's that rest we receive when we allow ourselves to appreciate beauty whether that's natural beauty or man-made beauty. Mm. Some people get the same feeling when they're listening to beautiful music or Mm. going and looking at art in a museum. So it's it's allowing really the beauty to awaken something and, and to release something inside of you. It's a little bit different than like painting or going to a painting class or pottery class where you're putting a demand on your creativity. You're trying to create something. This is actually letting the beauty around you create something inside of you
0: mm, oh, love that.
1: I do love that yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I can see how that would be completely restful as well so I did want to mention podcast family that Dr. Sandra on her website has um, a quiz that's really I mean we all love quizzes right about the different types of rest and then when you do when you answer the questions and it does show your score and um, I first I had when I had seen them I thought the higher the score the better not so much. (laughs) And so um, my question to you, Dr. Sandra, because I did do the test and was reading the category scores and and, um, things that I can improve on. I'm wondering if um, our podcast audience is doing this as well. Is there, should all of our scores, should we aim for all of our scores to be like Um, in a healthy range? Or is there like, what if there's a couple things that we have to give up, for example, like physical rest, because our children are just, you know, staying up at night or so on and so forth? Um, Is there going to be a detriment to our health and to our bodies, to our minds and our hearts, if we're a little bit out of whack in some places?
2: Well, I think whenever you're, whenever you have like a huge deficit in one area, you can start feeling some of the negative side effects of that. That's oftentimes when people will say, "I'm tired, but I got eight hours of sleep." You know, I went to bed, I slept all night, but I still woke up tired. Uh, so yeah. oftentimes, will people will will notice the symptoms of their rest deficit. But as you mentioned, there's seasons of life. So you know, when you're a parent of a newborn, you're gonna have a physical rest deficit. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> don't yes. They care if you sleep or not. That's <laughs> not their business. They don't care if you. Sleep. So, you know what I mean? So you're going to have a physical rest deficit and it, there's not a whole lot you can do about that until they start sleeping through the night. Mm-hmm. But the thing to be aware of that, though, is when you are feeling that, then don't try to, you know, we, still, we tell moms this all the time, don't try to get everything done while the baby's sleeping. Go sleep. You know, <laughs> if, if you know you're dealing with a physical rest deficit then is it really going to hurt if the dishes stay there just a little bit longer while you take maybe a 30 minute nap? Mm -hmm. Or if the clothes become an extra basket you've got to do the next day? Um, I think it's important to kind of look at that and see, you know, are there things that I'm doing out of expectation and out of trying to live up to something that is just unrealistic um, because I'm trying to be super mom or super dad when really I just need to listen to my body and go to bed.
0: Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. And if you are one of those parents who, you know, have your kids have never had any sleep issues we hate you, but <laughs> no, just kidding. Just blessings kidding. upon yeah. blessings. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Okay. okay. No, but seriously speaking, um, we've so appreciated the time uh, that we've had with you, Dr. Sandra. And, and just to wrap things up, we'd love for you to just end on this note, uh, perhaps a word of encouragement on, on something you just wish everyone knew about rest, especially during a pandemic like the one we're living through.
2: I think the main thing that I that I would hope that people would learn is that it's not hopeless. Mm. If you're tired, it's not a hopeless situation. We just have to be more specific about what kind of tired we are. Mm. And I think that's really where the whole rest quiz you mentioned came from. And I and most of my patients, that's the first place I send them is to restquiz.com to take the quiz because once you identify the rest deficit that you're dealing with, then you can just be very intentional about getting rest in that area. And that's when mm. you start feeling better. You know, it's not about trying to figure out how to get all seven. It's about trying to fix the one that's really making you feel bad so that mm. you can get back to being your best self.
0: All right, Christina. So I know you did the quiz that she was referencing.
2: I did. I
1: loved it. All right.
0: So what were your results?
1: Okay. So the parts, like I said in the podcast, I thought the higher the number, the better because usually that's good, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) So the categories that I really needed to concentrate on were physical rest, mental rest, and emotional rest, Mm -hmm. which I completely agree with because as we are discerning whether we're sending our kids back to school in the classroom, there's a lot of of unrest in my mind, which as our bodies are so connected, which results to emotional unrest and physical unrest as well.
0: Hmm. But what about the good ones? Because I know you didn't score high on all of them.
1: (laughs) at first even, i'm like wait and, i did it? Yeah. what are you trying to say about me <laughs> and even the ones
0: you scored high on weren't like over 35 where your life is negatively affected so right lack of rest. it's just it's like kind of hey exactly yeah. it's mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's one of those like yellow lights like mm, maybe you should yield a little bit more mm-hmm. uh the other categories spiritual rest social rest and creative rest are not doing too bad
0: Awesome. So if you want to take that quiz too, just go to inbetween.org slash episode 111. We'll have the links there, our show notes, and everything that we've talked about on this podcast. And perhaps your spouse or a friend uh, would benefit from listening to this episode too. And perhaps after sending this to them, you can have a discussion on, perhaps you could even do the quiz together and be like, hey, what are ways that we can encourage one another and keep one another accountable so that we can both be healthier and rest well so uh, we'd be honored if you'd share this episode just go to inbetween.org slash episode 111 you can just text that link or just hit the share button on your podcasting app and send that over to them all right so christina before we wrap things up what are we going to be talking about next week
1: Well, on episode 112, we are going to be interviewing Sheila Ray Gaguar. She's also a fellow Canadian, and she'll be talking to us about what sex
2: looks like after parenthood. Fantastic. We'll catch you next time.